Uh, Corey Russell was with us back in January of this year. And uh, Pastor Chris pointed out earlier today that it's been nine months since Corey was here last. It's been nine months. All right. Nine months. Come on, ladies. What happens in nine months? Could it be that that God is birthing something here today, this 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 very day and into this 21 days of fasting and prayer that that is going to change the course of glad tidings forever? Could it be? Corey Russell has served on the senior leadership team of the International House of Prayer since the year 2000. He travels around the world and nationally talking about preaching about prayer and about the Holy Spirit. He's written a couple books about the Holy Spirit. I don't know if we have any left today, but one of them is called The Glory Within and the other one is called Ancient Paths. And Corey and his wife and his three beautiful daughters, they reside in Kansas City. And uh, Corey is with us today and I want you to put a huge, huge glad tidings hand. Welcome to Corey Russell. Corey, thank you. Good morning. Wow. Well, I'm glad to be here and be your midwife to help birth this next season in, man. <laughs> Get your focal point. Come on. Been a part of, I've been a part of uh, four births. And so uh, I love it. You know, I try to go to the restroom and get a bathroom break in between those contractions. And my wife just pulls me close. You're not going anywhere. So I love it. So we're going to, we're going to push today. Amen. Good. <laughs> All right. Good. If you have your Bibles, turn to Revelation three. I just want to jump off off of uh, what Pastor Walt has been sharing. He referenced last week. He shared a while ago and uh, we were speaking last night with the leadership team. And man, I just think this is such a key verse. These next 21 days to meditate on. Um, I just want to say I, I get to travel a lot and get to see and experience a lot of the parts of the earth and the church. And it is such a gift to have 21 days of corporate prayer and fasting. And uh, it's rare. A lot of people say, hey, we love it. But when you have a season set apart to God, I want to say to you that 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 when you take seasons like this, of prayer and fasting, and you say no to some areas and say yes to other areas, this has the potential to shift your spiritual life and to shift it into a whole other trajectory. And I, I don't know where I would be without operating and making choices concerning fasting. I get home this afternoon, and tomorrow morning we, we're going to have a three-day fast. We do what we call the Global Bridegroom Fast. Since 2002, we've taken the first Monday to Wednesday of every month we shut down everything in Kansas City, and we just do long days in the prayer room. I try to seek to spend at least 12 hours, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and just saying, God, I want a greater encounter with you of intimacy in your heart. And I don't know where I would be today without moving in the grace of fasting. I want to say, I need my brothers and sisters doing it. When you get a corporate grace... It gives you courage when you know this person's going for it. Because I, I want to, by on, being honest, we all forget it. We get excited at church, but by Wednesday, we're like, uh-uh, I'm done. But I just want to say, when I know you're doing it, that gives me courage to stay with it. I want to say, give yourself to these 21 days 
And this is an important season, even in the Jewish calendar. This is, I was thinking about it this morning. This is kind of the Jewish uh, uh, holiday season. And um, I have found some of my most profound encounters have happened in September. Uh, just over the last 20 years of walking with the Lord. I believe this is a prophetic season. And so take this month and jump in. It'll bless you. All right, good. <clears throat> I think we've got a few books left. I've also got a prayer CD here that will make you pull your car over. Who wants to pull the car over today? All right, you're going to pull your car over today. If you see her on the side of the road, don't stop and help her. Just, just, just let her be. I got prayer CDs where I'm just screaming with music and beats behind it. And so uh, you'll like it. <laughs> if you like being screamed at. All right, good. Revelation chapter 3. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 3. I want to read this verse. This is such an awesome verse. Here we go. Verse 20. This is Jesus speaking to the church of Laodicea. And he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Let's read it again. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and I will dine with him and he with me. For years when I heard this verse spoken, it was only spoken in the context of a gospel presentation and evangelism for the lost to get saved. Who had ever heard it used, this verse used in context for the lost getting saved? Nobody. All right. Well, I have. I want to say this is not an evangelism passage. Jesus will anoint any verse in the Bible. But this is Jesus knocking at the door of the church saying, I want greater intimacy with you. That's what's going on right here. Jesus is saying, I want to go past merely dating one another and I want to get married to you. I want greater intimacy with you. And there's several things as I was meditating on this passage this morning, there were several thoughts that hit me and I just want to share them with you and, and create them. The first emotion that I have when reading this is that Jesus is outside the church. He's outside the church and he's knocking at the door of the church, which is his, which lets me know that we as the church, both individually and corporately can make decisions and choices that actually kick Jesus out of the church. That's fearful. That the machine can keep running with Jesus not in the building. That the thing can keep running with Jesus not in the building. He knocks at the door and he says, I want greater intimacy with you. Number two, he is a faithful intercessor who will continue to knock. Those knocks, they will intensify. Sometimes he'll show up to you. And this is, this is what I want you to connect with too, is that God's knocks and God's voice are one and the same thing. His knock is his voice. When God begin, when the Lord begins to talk to you, sometimes if the Lord's confronting an issue in your life or confronting an area, he will highlight a verse in the Bible. Sometimes it will start with a verse that you've never thought of will shoot out to you and you go, oh my goodness, I've never looked at that before. That is the Lord knocking at the door of your life. It could be a specific area of sin in your life that you're wrestling with and Jesus is speaking to you and it begins like this. Whispering to you out of the Bible saying, will you open the door to me so that I can come in 
and that I can deal with these areas and that we can come into deeper intimacy. But sadly, it takes more sometimes for us to even respond. Sometimes it takes a... And God might even begin to use friends, brothers, sisters, spouses, people in our life to speak the same verse to us in a more intense way. And that goes to a deeper knocking. What I'm trying to say is, is that when he begins to knock at the door of your life, it will intensify. And he is not going anywhere. He is patient. He is, but I want you to know he's patient, but he's resolute. And Jesus doesn't get discouraged. Do you know that? Isaiah 42 says he will not be discouraged, which is awesome, but it's also terrifying. That there is a man knocking at the door of my life and the door of the church in America. He's kind, he's patient, and he ain't going anywhere. He ain't going anywhere. This is something that I want you to connect with right here. Is that though he knocks and though he speaks, at the end of the day, you and I have to open the door. We have to make conscious, practical, deliberate Choices with how we spend our time, how we spend our money, and how we spend our resources that opens up the door to our life to say, Jesus, come and address, come into my life in these specific areas. I want greater intimacy with you, and I want to move, and I give way to that. I love that Jesus, He's so kind, and He won't violate the free will of humanity. He put two trees in that garden and says, "You, if you eat from that tree, you will die. Don't you wish that Jesus would have taken the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and put it behind an electric fence where we couldn't get to it? Part of us would want that, but he didn't do that. Why? Because he says, I'm not going to violate your choice. You're going to make choices and you're going to live or die by the fruit of your choices. You must open the door to me. I won't do it for you. That's the point. That's why I love a church that says we're going to take 21 day fasts. We're going to fling wide the gates. Come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. Come do what you got to do. Rearrange furniture on the inside of my interior life. God, I need a breakthrough. And I'm going to do my part. Which means I'm going to show up and I'm not going to eat the hamburger. I'm going to show up. And I'm going to be weak old me. He goes, that's all I need are two loaves and five fish to do a miracle in your life. But I've got to have something to work with, which is called faith. It's called faith. How do we open the door? You've got to respond to the voice. You can't shut your ears to it. You've got to respond. Turn towards God. Here's another thing that I see with this. Is that no matter how close Jesus is to us, He longs for greater intimacy with you. No matter how close you're presently at with God, He wants more. He wants more. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that He isn't indifferent? He's not stoic and He's not passive. Our God is a consuming fire. No, no, you're not hearing me this morning. Y'all need to wake up. Our God is a consuming fire. James 4 verse 5 says that the spirit within us yearns jealously. Look at that verse. You ever seen that verse? The spirit within us 
yearns. Everybody say yearns. That's not, hey, if it works out, I'd like to come over. No. You are mine! We're not, we're not in covenant with some hippie, laid back dude, if it ever works out. No, we're, we're, we're married to a fire. We're married to consuming fire who will not share you with anybody. And he says, I tend to think that you're mine and I'm going to get all of you. And I will confront every area of darkness until all of you is all of mine. Hallelujah. He goes, I will confront that pornography addiction. I will confront the love of money. I will confront this. I will confront that. I'll rearrange furniture to make it a suitable dwelling place for Jesus. Because I want to rest here. I want deeper intimacy with you. Look at Luke twelve forty nine. We get one of those brief uh, snapshots into Jesus' soul. Oh my goodness. Get ready. Jesus, six months before the cross... And it's like as he gets closer to the cross, the more intense and the more focused Jesus gets. The disciples are fighting who's the who's going to be to his right hand and to his left hand. And we get to see Jesus with a snapshot going, I came to send fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. Guys, that is an intense verse. We know that Jesus came to die. We know He came to give His life as a ransom. He came. He came. He came to send fire. And what is that fire? The Holy Ghost and fire. Do you know what John the Baptist's favorite title of Jesus was? That you'll find recorded in all four Gospels? Do you know what John the Baptist's favorite title of Jesus? It's not Lamb of God. It's not Son of God. It's the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire. The baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire. Jesus says, I came to send fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. He says in verse 50, but I have a baptism to be baptized with and how distressed I am till it is accomplished. Can you feel the pain of a man that says, Father, let's get this thing on the road. Come on, let's get this thing started. I want to go to the cross Go up, go into the grave, come up so I can send fire on them and that I can come into them at a deeper level. He was longing for intimacy of the fire of the Holy Spirit. He is fire. Well, I want you to put your hand on your belly. Because as I do this, the very last phrase of Revelation 3, he says 20, he says, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. I will come into him. And dine with him and he with me. Everybody say, good afternoon, Holy Spirit. Say it again. Say, good afternoon, Holy Spirit. I want you to know right now that if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, greater than any blind eye popping open or deaf ear popping open, is the miracle of the new birth. Our spirits that were once dead lifeless, devoid of God, and you were ran by your emotions and your desires. Now, through repentance and forgiveness, God has taken His very own substance, His very own DNA, His very own life, and infused it into your spirit, and you have now become the temple of the Holy Spirit. You didn't hear a word I just said. The eternal God who has Genesis 1 on His resume... 
The God who shook Mount Sinai. The God who dwelt in the Holy of Holies in Moses' tabernacle. That if the high priest did one wrong thing with blood in that Holy of Holies, he would get smoked by the glory. That Shekinah glory is now dwelling on the inside of your spirit. You need to thank God you did not blow up in your sleep last night. You need to thank God you don't have smoke coming out of your ears right now. That God actually designed a structure that He can come into without exploding. That's always been God's dilemma. He's God. But every time He gets close to humanity and to the sinful humanity, things start exploding. Do you understand that in Revelation at the end of the Bible, when the Father stands up and says, the heavens and the earth will flee away? We are dealing with a holy God. An awesome God. And what does it say about your body that God has cleansed your body with royal blood? He was talking about blood earlier. What does tell us about the potency and the power of that blood that can cleanse you from all sins? Wash you in His blood and then fill you with His Spirit. And you don't blow up when He comes in. And He don't kill you when you sin. Do you understand what it takes God to live on the inside of you without killing you? It takes the blood. The blood that cleanses us. When glory starts breaking in. And we're going to increase in this glory in the coming days. Because you, we love Acts 2, day of Pentecost, but then you get Acts 5, and someone cheating on their taxes gets smoked dead. That's when landscape changes. We want glory, but do you? <laughs> we have indwelling, incorruptible, eternal, indestructible life. Dwelling on the inside of our spirit. His name is Holy Spirit. You can call him Holy Ghost. He's Holy Spirit. He's not the Holy Spirit. He's Holy Spirit. His first name's not the. It's Holy Spirit. Jesus, his first name's not called the Jesus. He's Jesus. Holy Spirit is a person. With a personality. A mind. A will. An agenda. He's not second cousin of the Trinity. He's God. Three persons. One nature. Three who's with the same what? The same divine nature. And He dwells on the end. He is divine love and divine power. Divine goodness and righteousness and justice. All power dwells on the inside of you. Beloved, this is, this is beginning right here. This is what Paul says in Colossians 1.27. He goes, this is the mystery which we preach among the Gentiles. It's this. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Everyone say Christ in me. The old covenant was about God with man and God to man. The new covenant is about God in man. God in man. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. The dwelling place of God himself. Hallelujah. And I believe he's not some hot tub just hanging out. He's yearning jealously. He goes, I don't want to just sit here and have a nice little siesta. I want to break out. I want to break out. I want to break up. I want to break around. 
He's got an agenda. What does he want to do? It says in John 7, if you drink of the water, I will give out of his belly rivers. What if we had a bunch of fire hydrants coming out of your spirit? Just hitting people in the mall. I love John 4. If you drink of the water, I will give. It will become in you a fountain of living water springing up. It don't only spring out, it springs up. God wants to shift your thought life, your emotional chemistry, your desires. And ultimately, He's going to get your body. Romans 8 says the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in your mortal body. Whew. This is good, Corey. It's really good. I'm a new creation and He longs for more. He yearns jealously. John 14, verse 16. Jesus says to the... I love it. He's with these disciples and He's leaving them. And this is His last night with them. And He says, okay guys, I'm leaving. But I want all of you to know it's about to get better for you. I'm about to break open the ceiling. So that what I've been encountering with Abba, you can all be brought up into the fellowship with us. He says, and the first thing that I do when I get up to heaven, this is what I'm going to do. I will pray the Father. And he will give you another helper. Everybody say another helper. Do you know why he said that? It's because you need help. No, I'm serious. I'm looking at all of you. You all need help. And you need help more than you realize you need help. You're not that smart. You're not that rich. You're not that gifted. However, you have the third person of the Trinity dwelling on the inside of you. He has sent help from heaven. He hasn't left you alone to do life in your own ability, in your own strength, in your own ingenuity. He hasn't left you alone. I love it. He hasn't left you alone. He's actually living on the inside of you. And he says this, he may abide with you forever. Which means he's not a band-aid till Jesus comes back. He is your eternal roommate. And in a billion years, you will be relating with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. You need to get to know your roommate. You need to begin to develop friendship with him. Intimacy with him. Begin to talk to him and connect with him. Because he's there and he's looking for someone to talk to. Verse 17. He calls him the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and he will be in you. Come on. Verse 18. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Talk about the Spirit of the Father. How is Jesus going to come to us? Through Holy Spirit. And He says, I'm going to father all of you. I'm going to father all of you. There's no orphans in the kingdom. You're all beloved sons and daughters brought into the Father's house through Father's Spirit. You have the Spirit of adoption within you that cries out, Abba! I belong to you. Who in here has the spirit of adoption inside of you that says, I belong to heaven. I belong to Abba. I'm born from above. Hallelujah. 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 Verse 26, John 14. He says, look at what he says. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And He will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Verse 27. 
peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He says the world will give you a Xanax. The world will give you a bottle. The world will give you a pornography website. The world will give you a golf course. And it's all good, but it can go overboard. The world will give you a thousand options to deal with your anxiety. But I give you peace. My peace I give to you. There is a shalom from heaven. There is substance from heaven that can anchor your soul in the middle of the biggest of storms. Thank you, Jesus. John 15 is all about vine and branches. He says you need to learn three words. It's called abide in me. Learn how to draw on the life of Jesus. Receive the life of Jesus. John 16, verse 7. He says, it's to your advantage. Everybody say advantage. Which means it's about to get better, guys. I like to say I have more access to heaven than if I'd have been a disciple when Jesus was on the earth. Look at verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. I always picture Jack Nicholson right there. You can't handle the truth. (laughs) I always picture Jesus saying, guys, I wish I could unpack things to you, but you can't handle it. Your hard drives would explode. You'd just break. If I begin to unpack where this thing is going. But he says, but the day is coming. Verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority. Number three, whatever he hears, he will speak. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the Father and to the Son. Here's a new prayer for the 21 days. Holy Spirit, what are you hearing? Holy Spirit, what are you hearing? Say that. Say, Holy Spirit, what are you hearing? Now get ready for him to talk. It says, He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 through 13. Paul quotes Isaiah 64 and he goes, Eyes not seen, ears not heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Who in here loves God? Three of you. Good. This is what Paul says. That you're going to have drool hanging from a wide open mouth with eyes wide open for billions of years. You're never going to get used to him. And just when you think you have, he will blow your mind for another million years. You have no idea what God has prepared for those who love him. Which means, guys, let's take our 70 years on earth. And swim against the current of the spirit of this age. And watch what heaven will do. For billions of years. What an exchange rate. 70 years to say no to the devil. No to the world. And no to the lust of the flesh. So that I can live for billions of years. No, come on. You've blinked and you've turned 40. You will blink again and be 60. You will blink again and be 70. 
We're going to blink and something's going to change. My point is, I want to blink and said, I said no. And if I've blinked and said, man, I've said yes a lot. I'm saying no and I'm turning to Jesus now and he'll redeem it forever. It's about eternity. Do you believe in eternal life? Well, that means billions. You're never going to die. We talk, what's your 50-year plan? What's your 5,000-year plan? Why are we laughing? What's your 5,000-year plan? Jesus. But Paul pulls, he gets a little Jehovah sneaky on us in verse 10. He says, but God has revealed these things to us through His Spirit. He's taken the stuff of eternity and revealed it now to us through the Holy Spirit. He says, the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Who loves Google? I use it 20 times a day for a thousand different things. What is Google? It's a search engine. Holy Spirit is the search engine of heaven. He searches the deep things of God. What does Holy Spirit know of the Father? What does Holy Spirit know of the shepherd? Of the king? Of our bridegroom? What does Holy Spirit know of our Savior? Our Redeemer? What does Holy Spirit know of our Lord? What does Holy Spirit know of our judge? What does Holy Spirit know? He knows everything because He is Him. Paul continues and says, what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? No one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Why? So that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So I've preached for the last 30 minutes so I can make my next statement. I've come to glad tidings. Here on September 3rd, 2017, to declare to every one of you who are in Christ Jesus that today you are all billionaires in Christ Jesus. I know, get excited. It's awesome. It's a new day. You have riches of His glory dwelling on the inside of you. Treasure in earthen vessels. You are all trillionaires in Christ Jesus. Here is the problem. Most of you live on 20 cents a day. And that's not okay. And Jesus is a Jewish shrewd businessman who does not make billion dollar investments for 20 cent returns. Most believers live on food stamps in the kingdom. We live below the poverty line. And yet we claim, what has God done for me? And he says, it ain't on me, honey. He says, what more can I do than come to the earth, take on your form, live the perfect life you could not live. I lived it. Then I climbed up on that cross and the punishment that was due you, I received it. Then I took you into that grave, your old man. We were down there for three days. And then on the third day, I broke the power of sin, Satan and death. I raised from the dead and I said, we're not even stopping there. Let's go to heaven. He took us up to heaven. He set us down with Him in heavenly places. And He poured out the Holy Ghost saying, I'm going to come live on the inside of them.
It's not on Him. What more can He do? What more has He done? And we're running around, oh, I need to get this, I need to get that. He goes, you need a revelation of what has already happened. You need a revelation of who is on the inside of you. Walking around with your head in the sand. Oh, poor me, poor this. And he would slap you. Said, I ain't coming to your pity party. Jesus will slap you. I don't know that Jesus. Well, you need to. (laughs) Stop it. He'll just say, stop it. I'm on the inside of you. That's why Paul could say, this is the mystery. Christ in you, in Gentiles. Them other people that nobody goes to. The outsiders, the outcasts, the foreigners. Now he's on the inside of us. So here's the question. How do we open the door so that the billion dollars would begin to manifest in our thought life? Shift our emotions, shift our desires, and shift our bodies. Shift the affairs around our life. How do we begin to access the riches of his glory? How? Meditation in the Bible. Let the Bible turn into prayer and watch Holy Spirit move. Number two, fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. Talk to Him. Everyone say, talk to Him. Talk to Him. Talk to Him. He's a very present help in time of trouble. Can't get more present than Barao. And number three, praying in the Holy Spirit. Specifically, praying in tongues. Guys, I want to say to you unapologetically that praying in tongues for extended periods of time has transformed my spiritual life. I said the word tongues. Yes, I did. Has the, what, what is it about tongues that the devil has worked overtime? To make this the dividing force in all of the church. Could it be that he understands the power that it possesses? Could it be that he understands what it does to the kingdom of darkness when men and women begin to pray in the Holy Spirit and begin to step out of the flesh and into the realm of the supernatural? I believe he does. The Apostle Paul showed up in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, and he said an amazing statement. He said, I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than all of you. How that's a pretty bold statement, isn't it? Think if I just walked in here, looked at all of you and go, yep, I pray in tongues more than all of y'all. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, I thank God. He goes, I wish that all of you spoke in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. This is what I want to highlight right here. Because when you hear tongues, you think about what Paul highlights in 1 Corinthians 12 when he's talking about how tongues is used in a corporate setting. And what Paul is saying goes, guys, if you're going to come to church on Sunday, don't let a bunch of people be shooting out things in tongues without interpretation because nobody understands them and they look like idiots. Set guidelines. Let there be interpretation so that the body is edified. He addresses corporate uses of the gift, but now he's highlighting the personal benefits of what happens when you and I begin to pray in tongues. This is my vision for every one of you. Your car rides to work would turn into chambers of encounter. 
is that your grocery store runs. Your CVS runs would turn into chambers of encounter. You're driving the kids to the basketball game, to the soccer game, to the football game would turn into chambers of encounter. Oh, that we could begin to turn our prayer rooms and our bedrooms and our closets and our living rooms into places where we are communing with the Holy Ghost. In 1 Corinthians 14, 2, he says that he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. That's number one. You're not talking to devils and you're not talking to men. You have a direct phone line with Abba and you get spirit to spirit connection with Abba. And when you don't know how to articulate the deep things of your heart, your spirit does. Your spirit can pray that which you don't know how to articulate. And you're going to find when you begin to give yourself to this, your mind will wonder every five seconds. Just let it run and bring it back to its focal point. Guys, I think about everything from dinner to NBA to whether Kyrie's better than IT, what's going to happen with Cleveland and Boston, to what's going to happen with the NFL, to what's going to happen with every sport out there. I go every five seconds to thinking about everything, but I don't stop. I keep focusing on God on the throne and God in my spirit. And I have found in 20 years of doing this on a near daily basis that around 15 to 20 minutes, if you can give yourself to 15 to 20 minutes, around the 15 to 20 minute mark, the atmosphere will shift and it will go from you trying to focus on God to him praying through you. And if you haven't experienced this, I want to tell you it's time for the church to rise up and to get into unity with the Holy Spirit. That's your 21 day challenge right there is do it for 21 days before you have an opinion. Just watch what happens. Do it. Watch what happens. Holy Spirit. He says that no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Those are hidden truths about God, about you and about people that are in need. And I want to tell you, these things aren't hidden from you. They're hidden for you. It has been given to you to know the deep things of God. Every one of you in this room, your inheritance is the deep things of God. Who wants to feel what heaven is feeling? Think what heaven is thinking. See what heaven is seeing. That's how I want to live my life. Psalm 139 says that God has more thoughts about you than the sands of the seashore. Who would like to think just for a second, because I know what the world thinks about me. and I know what I think about me, but I'd like to tap into what Abba thinks about me. Oh, to connect with people that are in need. I run into that person that I haven't seen in a year. And now I know how to step right through the door with a prophetic word, maybe a hundred dollar bill, maybe a prayer that will break oppression off of them. I believe that he wants to fill many of you today with a fresh release. I just want to ask you to stand right now. <clears throat> I'm going to ask, and I'm going to ask nobody speak right now. I'm going to ask a bold prayer, a bold ministry time here at first. 
There's some of you in this room, you've never received your prayer language. You've never spoken tongues. I believe it's not a matter of salvation. Salvation's free gift. You have spirit living in you at the new birth. However, I believe it's a gift that he wants all of his children to have. He loves to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. If you've never prayed in tongues, you've never received your prayer language before, and you're desperate for it in your life, I want to invite you to come forward right now. Come on. I just need one of you to break through, and the rest will come. Good. Praise God. Just line up across here. Praise God. This is great. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good. Come even from the back. Yeah, great. Come from down there too. Today's your big day. Hallelujah. Now for the rest of you in the back, we got to do something with y'all in the back. So you guys up here don't do this with me. But are you in the back? Raise your right hand. Put your hand on your chest like that. Do that. Do that. You just threw your tongues badge in the trash. I hear people say, I got tongues. My question is, does tongues have you? I don't care what happened 15 years ago at camp or that service. I don't care. A lot of you used to have a river flowing out of you. Now it's more like a dam. More, it's been all clogged up by the cares of this life. Life hits. How do you stay a river flowing? Hallelujah. There's some of you in this room that used to have a river and now it's a dam. And you're like, I want to see that well broken up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is what we're going to do. These are all people coming to receive the prayer language. This is beautiful. Open up your hands. We're going to pray for you first. This is awesome. Okay, this is how it works. Everything in the kingdom operates by faith. Okay? Have you ever released a prophetic word over somebody? It usually doesn't start with a two-page prophecy. It usually starts with something stupid that if you don't land it, you're going to look like an idiot. And God says, I'm not going to give you more until you share the weird thing that I just shared with you. So it is with receiving your prayer language. God will begin to well up within you from your belly. You will begin to feel a welling up. And it's like waves on a seashore. Waves on the seashore. And as he wells up within you, there's an act of faith. It may come out as a syllable. It may come out as a lot of syllables. It may come out as nothing. You may just saturate in his presence for a little bit. The point is, I just want to see it break up, break out, and break in. So we're going to ask him right now. He's going to fill you. He's a good father. Everybody say he's a good father. And he loves to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So let's ask Him right now. Just say, Father, I love you. I'm your favorite. I really am your favorite. You really like me. (laughs) So I ask you right now to baptize me with the Holy Spirit and fire. Fill me. From the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I want to speak in tongues. I want to prophesy. I want everything you died for. So fill me now. Fill me now. Fill me now. Receive the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus.
That's it. Now you in the back. I want you to begin to lift your voice right now. Receive. 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 Yeah. 